You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from comedianscomedian.com. This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith, and here we are with part two of my conversation with Ross Noble. And you join us as we're talking about ideas and how Ross uses logic as a jumping-off point for his signature flights of fancy. This is Ross Noble. I want to talk about the the assemblage of the show and I wanted to sort of get into that stuff. Before we get onto that, I wanted to ask about the your relationship to your audience yeah. and how your audience has developed because you have like a really loyal crowd of people yeah. that come and yeah. see you that you've built up over years. Yeah. So when did you first get a sense that you were starting to develop a following? Well, uh it was. It was. It would be around. It was. It was sort of. It was before I did Edinburgh. It was probably around the sort of. Probably ninety six, ninety seven, around that sort of time where, I, again, I was. I was gigging on the circuit, but I was getting. But I was doing quite a lot of regular comparing at places, and then people would come back. They'd, they'd be regulars at the show every week, mm-hmm. and. You know, and so it was one of those things where I started building up these pockets of, of of places around the country where I was like regularly comparing, and I would see the same faces coming back, time and time again. So what I did was, and at the time, like everyone does it now, but at the time it was sort of it was unheard of. You know, that like like Eddie had done. Eddie has already gone out and toured before he was on telly, um, and that was the other thing. Like me going, oh, I'm not doing telly. You know, similar to similar to Eddie, that thing of people going, "Oh, it's a strategy," and you go, "It's not strategy. It's not a thing. It's just a." He'd gone out and and you know, um, and done all these small gigs, um, but done them as a tour, and and so what I did was I just realised that I was going back to the same clubs all the time, and I was seeing the same faces in the audience, so I thought, well, I'll just go, I'll go to the. Um, I'll go to those clubs, but I'll do it on a night where there isn't a, there isn't a gig on. So if the club ran on a Friday and a Saturday, I'd come on a Sunday and go and do the whole show. Yeah. And I'd just say, uh, you know, and, and at first it was like, they couldn't do like Edinburgh previews, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'd just say to the crowd, you know, I'd play there and say, right, I'm going to be back in a month's time and it's just going to be me. Uh, you know, if you want to come along, bring your friends, whatever. And then I'd do that, and then 
six months later, I'd do it again, and then I'd get 50 people or 100 people, and then a year later, I came back and I said, right, well, I'm going to do it again. And then there was this exponential growth of just yeah. as those people then told their friends, and there was the and then and then I started doing Edinburgh at the same time, and because of because of the because of the buzz that I was getting the the the, the press buzz that I was getting off Edinburgh, I was using that you know the the sort of the reviews and the sort of buzz mm-hmm. that was um, the sort of interest that was coming from Edinburgh. I used that as a way of publicising it, you know, using the sort of local press and just going, oh, this thing's happening. And then I'd go back and then I'd have, you know, I'd have 100 people, then the next year there'd be 200 people and then, you know, 400 and then 800 and it just happened like that and it just, I just kept coming back. And again, like at the time there wasn't a, you know, you, there, there, was a, there was like a handful of us that were, by the time I got... Um, Oh, and then I booked a, then I did the West End, you know, booked a West End theatre, did a couple of weeks, and then came back the next year and did four weeks, and then came back again, and and it was, and then all of a sudden, as soon as it was in the West End, people were going, well, hang on, here's a, here's this kid who's not on telly mm-hmm. playing the West End, and then so like then the sort of the sort of you know the sort of Sunday papers would sort of write stuff about me, and it was it just became this, it just became this thing where. You had people who were sort of seeing me in clubs and telling their mates, and then there was also people that were sort of, you know, would read the sort of Sunday Times and go, "Oh, he's got this fella seems to be yeah. in the West End, successful and yet not yeah, known." Yeah, That's, it, again, it's it, very it's intriguing, just, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it became this sort of thing, yeah. you know. And I'll do sort of, um, um, but it was relentless. It was it was literally that thing of, and th- but then at the same time I was going to Edinburgh, and then, and then. As soon as I sort of got into the, I got you know from the sort of the clubs, then I made the leap into, um, into the small theatres, art centres, and then into, you know, like the the, the big theatres, which is what I'd always wanted. That was the ultimate, you know, that was the sort of the yeah. the, the ultimate goal. And then yeah, I'd just do that, and then you know I'd sort of play play plays, and then I'd do two nights and then three nights or whatever, mm-hmm. and it just. And then I just got to the point where, oh. so yeah. So was was that was that decision to stick with the live shows and and you know those decisions, those early decisions about like right, I'm gigging here, so I'll come back in a month. Hey, everyone, bring your friends. Yeah. Was that was that motivated purely by yourself? Did you have management? Was anyone kind of going right, Ross? What we need to do is this, or was this you going? I'm on my own. This is what I've decided. Uh, no, well, I was. That's what I wanted to do. And then, I, luckily, uh, I had a manager who was um, who liked the cash. So, uh, <laughs> oh, it was where, where can we find one of them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, it, it was uh, you know, like my manager at the time was, um, you know, he, he sort of, um, you know, he could sort of see the value in in you know going down that route because yeah. obviously, it ultimately, you know you know the idea of it growing you know so yeah. there wasn't the pressure on you that maybe an, an an act in a similar situation now might have a kind of certain pressure to get on tv no no not at all not yeah. at all but also that that wasn't even that pressure didn't exist because the only the only shows that you know you could do des o'connor yeah, you know, okay, there was sure. like, you know, it's not like there was a load of things ready to yeah, package you. And, there was the, and sta- the stand-up show. Um, mm. 
but you know it was the sort of thing where you know I started doing well well I did sort of like um uh Johnny Vaughan had a chat show and um uh and then I did Jonathan Ross that was the other thing because I'd been the warm up for Jonathan Ross mm. I then got on I then got on Jonathan Ross's chat show when he was on BBC 1 um and that was like, but I just wasn't, I didn't have a TV show, I didn't have a, and it, but it was one of those things where, you know, Jonathan had me on his chat show and he just went, you know, here's this bloke who I think is really funny. And then, yeah. you know, um, and then, and then I started doing, I did, you know, I did all the things that I wanted to do, basically. I did, uh, um, you know, I'd do chat shows and I would do, um, I started doing Have I Got News For You? Just a minute. Um, sorry, I haven't a clue. You know, I do the Radio 4 stuff, and then I started doing Radio 4 shows, mm. like my own shows on there. But again, it was all it was all that sort of... And I had, like, Room 101. Um, but then I stayed clear of all of the... Well, not that it was, like, what was the other ones at the time? They think it's all over, and Buzzcocks would be the, the only other panel shows. But I deliberately just did I sort of just cherry picked yeah. what I wanted yeah. to do um, and then um, uh, yeah lost me train of thought but, <laughs> but it was yeah so so it, it was it was it, but it was always that thing of everything I did it was really only ever to feed the yeah. you know just just to sort of feed the stand up it was you know it was it was and you know presumably when you were doing the the shows that were building up your core audience you were able to do them every 6 months and people would come back to everyone because they knew it would always be different yeah, and yeah, you yeah. didn't have the the fear that i think hangs over the head of 99% of comics is jesus i've got to write another show yeah so let's talk about how you put a show together or, and, and how that has changed yeah, yeah. from what you did when you first started out like I mean I, I think I read in an interview that you will you know the show for you will be four words on a bit of paper yeah. but I'd just like to sort of get under <laughs> the skin of that a, that's become a thing now but that's actually it works the other way around because now nine times out of ten those four words on a piece of paper I come off and write them down. It's not like I have a piece of paper and like, people think, oh, his set list is just four words on a piece of paper. It's not. Yeah. I walk off stage and just go, oh, that was good. I was just saying that I lose the bit of paper. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, how's it changed? What I used to do is I used to be, I used to sit down and, like I say, when I, when, you know, when I first started, I used to sit down and write, like, jokes but you know I used to sit down and go right I'll spend ages you know just writing you know coming up with ideas and um, uh, yeah and then and that would be you know I'd go on and I would sort of you know like if you know if I was going to go up to Edinburgh it would be that sort of thing of like everyone's going oh have you written your Edinburgh show I'd be thinking oh, you're meant to write an Edinburgh show <laughs> <laughs> you know, sort of uh, I remember I did some gigs with Dylan Moran I remember we were sharing a room. We were sort of in this uh, um, with two sort of single beds. I remember looking across, and he was sat on his bed, and he was like writing in a writing in a notebook. And I sat on my bed eating chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, I used to sort of spend a lot more time. I'd sit down and I'd come up with stuff and think, "Oh yeah, this was this is a, a um, well, this is an interesting idea. I'll kind of uh, I'll play around with that." But it was always things like. When, 
like when I was doing the circuit, I always I spent a lot more time thinking about the sort of stuff that I wanted to talk about purely because I was trying to sort of I was trying to avoid doing the same sort of stuff that everyone else was doing, you know, because I just found that sort of um, so I would do things like uh, um, like there was for a while I would I would sort of <laughs> I went through a fit like when the Spice Girls were there at their height. I would sort of go, I'm only going to talk about the Spice Girls, right? So, which sort of really made me laugh because it was the sort of thing where there was people that would see me. You know, if you're sort of going, hey, this is who I am, you'd turn up and they'd go, oh, is that, that's the bloke that just talks about the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> that's just his act, is it? And then, uh, and then I went through a phase where I'd talk about, like... Uh, Jason and the Argonauts, you know, I deliberately just picked things that were sort of uh, subjects that were either nobody was talking about or subjects that that rough crowds wouldn't wouldn't be interested in. Yeah, just, okay. just as a sort of a um, you know, just as a deliberate. Um, uh, just a hurdle, really, like an obstacle for yeah, you to deal with. Yeah, 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 just to go like... like and I'm, to, I'm guessing from the context that you didn't go away and research Jason and the no, Argonauts. Like no, you no, just I'd watch it and then... Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'd sort of do things like... Um, uh, what would I do? Oh, I, I'd talk about, like, um, uh, things like... Um, what was that thing about the... Someone about smuggling rare bird's eggs and, like, somebody with, like, with a glass eyes like taking their eyes out and it was always like I've always sort of I've never been a fan of just sort of like and that's why I hate the whole surreal thing because like mm. the, you know the idea of surreal is is this sort of you know if you look at like surreal like artists you know you know Dali or whatever Enzo or people like that who are they're, they're, they're sort of surreal is is devoid of logic. It's it, there's you can't see any sort of thought process. It's just something that is completely um, devoid of reality, you know. Whereas I sort of like, like it's all very well having a you know having a melting clock, but I want to know why the clock's melting. Yeah, and what okay. the story is behind it. Yeah. So. You're taking yeah. an assemblage of kind of random, potentially random things, and then making meaning with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than going the just other a way, yeah, yeah, and just going, oh look, this is. So I talk about like, so essentially, in my head, I was talking about you know the smuggling of rare birds' eggs, and then, but then it would be sort of like you know finding somebody with glass eyes and putting the eggs in their face instead of the eyes and painting the eyes on, and then the heat from the brain incubating the eggs and then just at the moment where the person's about to get away with a perfect crime like owls flying out of their face and stuff so instead of just going whoa owls flying out of the face whoa, crazy it you know that's what interests it makes me. sense within an internal logic yeah yeah like yeah. creating a world you know and i would sort of um so i would sort of sit down and think about these things and sort of go oh, i'll create these and then i would go on and i would sort of think right i got the thing about you know the the this this part of the jigsaw, and then I sort of and then as time went on, I realised that actually that it's better if the uh, the ingredients of the of the gag 
if that starts 100% in reality, then when it starts to build, people don't go... It's not like a clunky gear change into the surreal, because I always find that when you sort of see surreal comics, listen to me slagging off surreal <laughs> these bloody surreal comics, is just, you know... But, but, you know, if you go and see a surreal comic, that's terrible, I'm, I'm, because I love all that, but it's that thing of, like, somebody walks on and they go... You can either be you can either be an alien, like say somebody like like Milton Jones, and I love Milton. I think he's brilliant. He's, he's you know he's, he's he's top class. But somebody like Milton, he's an alien on stage. He walks on stage, and he's otherworldly, and he lives in a. Uh, and that's why when you see like see Milton, when you see him on a panel show, it's basically him doing one-liners mm. that's a juxtaposition of, of what everyone else is doing. Yeah. As opposed to, say, someone like Merton, who is just an... Or Sean Locke, who, you know... I think Sean Locke, for me, is... Uh, you know, the reason he's so brilliant is because he's literally sitting there, you think, oh, she's blowing a pub. And, he's, and then all of a sudden, he just... Boomf, and he comes out with something yeah. that makes everyone go... They don't. They don't go. Ooh, he's beating all. Crit-. Yeah, That's, I'm not sure. Still, please, do I, 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 I'm not slagging off Milton at all. No, but you're talking about the difference between styles. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the trouble is, is that everyone gets, surreal just gets it's all lumped in one thing. So well, surreal. Well, it's not. It's not. There's 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 there's. You could probably divide surreal comics into you probably twenty different types of yeah. You know, you wouldn't say Milton Jones and and you probably you'd, you'd sort of say Milton was more of a one-liner merchant than you would say surreal. If net, do you know what I mean? It's that yeah. sort of yeah. And but then somebody that does one-liners, the the conceit that they are doing jokes, they are saying lines, allows them to break reality. Yes, you know, if Tim Vine goes, you know. I went into a shop the other day and I said to the bloke, you know he didn't, you know that's yes, it, you know yes. it's a line. You know, if Milton stands there and goes, you know, a man came up to me in the street, you know, my auntie Marge or whatever it happens to be, you know that that's, you, you know that that's him doing a line and you go, this is a character, this is an alien character doing yes. this, you know. I think Harry Hill's interesting because what Harry does is he plays with the idea of is this bloke an alien or is this a bloke who's pretending to be an alien and the joke's yeah, on us. There's right. a, there's a really yeah. clever... There's a, I think, the reason I think that, that, that Harry's such a genius is because the fact that he'll sort of... Um, you know, he'll, he'll do it. My, 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 my dad. And he'll, he'll, he'll do a joke. You know, he always said, fire, fire with fire. One of the reasons it's not the fire service. And then you go, that's a line. Yeah. And then the fact that he turns round to the audience and he'll go, mm, yeah, not really, madam. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. There's, there's, he's there's constantly sort of, flickering back and yeah, forth. Yeah, and he's kind of just going, you know, almost looking at you like, you're an idiot. This is, look, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a joke, you know. And even things like when he goes, mm, you love the learning, don't you love the learning? It's almost like he's turning to the audience and he's saying... He's going. He's going. Oh, there's a joke. It's like you're going. Oh, you like my jokes, don't you? This, I might. Yeah. yeah, I could be reading too much into that. But it's that thing of going on and just going. Ooh, what about these crazy? You know. Whereas, sort of, what I do is I'll go on, and you know, like there was a, a review of a show from the other week, and they said, "Oh, his every man 
sort of describe me like as, as an everyman. You sort of go, well, that is true, because ultimately I'm just a bloke talking about stuff. But when I walk on stage, I've got a massive set, right? I, you know, I wear like a, a, the whole thing sort of like I sort of play with the sort of contradictions of like you know at the start of my show, <laughs> I come on, I have these enormous sets, like giant, you know, sort of almost spinal tap esque, yes. ridiculous, huge inflatable set, and the one I've got at the moment's got all lights through it, and I've always like big build on, I've like kabuki curtains drop and music and I have a smoke machine and all the rest of it and I walk out and I said you go right and then you yeah, start yeah, you know, sure. and it's that thing of like here's a show this is a show you're watching a show and it's like da 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 oh no it's not it's just me right what's happening tonight then yeah and, and there's that so there's that thing of but you're starting like, in reality you're, st- the, you're, exactly. you're mining the stuff from the audience so that you can connect things but they the, the basis is in reality so people can tell that it, you're not just going well eggs hamsters owls exactly yeah. exactly but along the way you know like last night for example there was doing all this stuff about uh, you know like people sort of tweet after the show with like hashtags of things I've talked about and I was doing this stuff last night Crispy Elaine Page right um, <laughs> right and it's one of those things where Crispy Elaine Page um, uh, how did I get to that um Oh yeah, that's right. So I was talking about I was talking about the way Elaine Page uh, prepares before the show, and I was doing all this stuff about how she, um, like, when she was in Cats, and about how you know this giant scratching post that she used to have, and then I was talking about uh, something about killing a bird or something, and then uh, yeah, something about killing a bird, and then it it got on to. Um, like a uh, oh that's right eating a cat but then it turns out that the cat was a lane page in a costume from cats and then going into a going into a takeaway and then how that was a delicacy delicacy like crispy lane page that was it so anyway so that was so that was how the whole thing but obviously there's all these different strands and it ended up with the idea that you would go into a shop and you would order a crispy Elaine page, right? Now that, by the time the show was finished last night, that made perfect sense. Like, I could have any character could walk into a shop and go, I'll have spread fried rice, crispy Elaine page. Uh, you know, it could be, um, we've run out of crispy Elaine page. Uh, we've got uh, Sweet and Sour Barbara Dixon. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, but it's one of those things where Sweet and Sour Barbara Dixon, that... That audience laugh just as much as at that as they would as if I'd gone, you know, when you're in a garden centre and you buy it because then that you've created that shorthand for them. Yes. And if I walked out at the start and went, uh, oh, imagine it was a, a yes. broad prediction. It just doesn't. We're watching you build it. It's like that's the pleasure is watching you construct a thing out of yeah, yeah. the kind of mental Lego and, and then going, look, and then starting the machine and go there. But it also allows me to, if I want to tell a story about something that's happened to me that day, you know, like something funny can happen to me. I think, all right, I'll talk about it on stage tonight. So I'll go on and. I know that that thing, you know, I can take something which essentially isn't funny to something that's incredibly mundane 
but then I can sort of I can go on and I can I can tell that story and the fun for me is finding a way of of finding a way of sort of making that incredibly mundane thing fantastical but equally if I'm talking about something fantastical I can take it the other way and I can and I can make it I can bring you know something that's out there and I can bring that down and make that incredibly mundane and create a reality so it's one of those things where it, it sort of allows me to uh, there was always a problem the, the 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 problem was like sometimes there was a, there was a sort of a period where there was this sort of clunky just like a clunky gear change of of like oh hang on is was he he's talk what like what's he talking about now where where it just it didn't quite um it, it sort of jarred a little bit you yeah. know the sort of but but what I do now is basically is I go on there and I just go look I'm, I could talk about anything tonight I might tell you about you know whatever you know whatever's just happened you know I'm you know I might tell you about trying to steal a toy duck from a hotel for my daughter or I might tell you about how I think that you know, I might see something on the news, and it might be something like, you know, it, it could be sort of like an incredibly serious, uh, you know, it could be like an incredibly sort of serious topic. But I think, right, how do I then, you know, I can take that and I can make that whimsical, mm-hmm. or I can talk about something whimsical, and, and you see what I mean? Yeah. So, so it gives me it sort of that's sort of what I was saying before about. You know what people are expecting. It sort of allows me the freedom mm. to sort of, if I go on, if there's one night, if I see something on the news and I think I want to talk about this, I want to, you know, if, if there's, you know, if there's like a really serious issue, you know, like I was, you know, I was talking about that, you know, that footballer the other week there, you know, and Judy Finnegan, and mm. and you know, it's one of those things where something like that, where you know, there's this sort of, you know, sort of something which is quite a tricky subject. I can kind of play around with that because yeah. people aren't going, oh, well, what's he going to say about yes, this? Sure. What's he going to say about the UKIPs? You know, yes, or the, yes. whatever it happens to be. I can just sort of throw it, and people don't go, whoa, he's making a point here. This guy is Ross's talk. So this is Ross. Um, before we move on with this, the, 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 the second part, obviously there is a, a first part of uh, this conversation out there. I'm sure you've realised by now we... I mean, we, we often start abruptly in the middle of things, but not necessarily that, quite that much. Um, so you can download that, of course, with all the other episodes from ComediansComedian.com. Uh, now, a couple of plugs before we uh, continue. Stand-up Mark Burrows has compiled a book based on his experiences as a moderator of the Guardian online comments section. Uh, it's very amusingly called I Think I Can See Where You're Going Wrong. Uh, and that's available from Amazon in all conceivable formats. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So have a butcher's at that. I think it'll be a sort of excellent stocking filler type thing. And with Christmas just around the corner, go for that. I should stress that is not a paid endorsement. Uh, Mark's a friend of mine and I uh, greatly enjoy his comedy. So uh, I'm just happy to, to quickly blurb that for him. Um, so have a look at that. Listeners in Dublin, another plug here. I'm interviewing comic TV sketch star, star of uh, The Savage Eye, uh, now movie actor, and yes, former street performer Dave McSavage uh, in the GMB in Trinity College on the 3rd of December at 6pm as part of the Trinity Fringe. Tweet me at ComComPod for info if you're in Dublin and you'd like to come along to that. I think it's technically a student event, but there might, there might be a way to sneak you in if you're desperate. There's probably some sort of wall that we can dig a hole under or, or get you through a little curtain or something um, but uh, tweet me at comcompod for for uh, for information on that and it'll be great i can't wait dave mcsavage is one of those i mean he was a huge huge uh, love of mine his act was fantastic he was a love of mine uh, his act was fantastically inspiring to me uh, as a young streety um, back in the i suppose late 90s at the edinburgh festival and uh, he was one of the most riotously provocative exciting and uh, and really funny and fresh street shows i ever saw he he seemed to be in a well as i mentioned to ross earlier on he seemed to be in a genre all his own so um that'll be a very exciting conversation and i think a, a really fun interview that's Wednesday, the 3rd of December at 6pm. Thank you for your donations, as ever. You can still donate at comedianscomedian.com by clicking on the PayPal donate button, which is not that hard to find. I've had another look and it's fairly obvious. But now you can also donate via Patreon. Uh, at the behest of uh, several listener suggestions, uh, I've now signed up to the Patreon uh, system. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Uh, you can pledge a micropayment that goes out to a creator on a regular basis. In my case, every time a, a podcast comes out. There's a whole community there of people that want to support other people making stuff. So if you're not a fan of PayPal, then drop into patreon.com slash comcompod. Uh, you can set up a regular payment to me or you can have a nose around and give me some feedback on how you think my page is looking and whether or not I've wildly misunderstood the mechanics of the system. Uh, if not, then please feel free to donate and continue donating on PayPal. Many thanks to you, the, uh, those of you that have done that already. Uh, a pound a show or a one-off donation of 10, 20, 30 quid would be very kind and it would help me make the show bigger, better, longer and indeed more intimate. Um, I've written in my notes after the word intimate, I've written woo. I regret writing woo. There's no need to, there's no need to spice up the word intimate with a woo. It's a perfectly good word on its own. Um, coming up next week, uh, a very exciting conversation with Louisa Omulan, who many of you will know has shot to success over the last couple of years with her show, What Would Beyonce Do? Um, she's found a niche among stand-up audiences that no one has really been aiming at, and she is absolutely nailing it. Um, it's a really invigorating, very funny show. And uh, I also have a, a really a really interesting conversation with her about um, some of the ways in which her show differs from the model of usual stand-up, and she's got some great answers along, along those lines. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That's next week. Uh, coming up after that, of course, it's issue 100 with the marvellous Phil Kay, uh, and then we'll have Omid Jalili, who I'm interviewing tonight as part of the Chortle Book Festival, um, recording that for the podcast as well. Uh, and so that's going to be episode 101. We'll probably have to get Dave McSavage in there somewhere as well. Listen, leave the admin to me. I'm on it. I'm nearly on it. 
I'm not really on it. But that's all for now. Uh, let's get back to the brilliant Ross Noble. <laughs> Will Chris B. Elaine Page feature in any of the rest of this tour? Will you? No. Like, oh, definitely. Uh, it might, yeah. Uh, I doubt it, but... Because, and you doubt it because in order to get to it, you'd need to follow the same steps and that would feel... Well, yeah, could, yeah. You'd need uh, to contrive um, it. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a little bit... Uh, yeah, it's a little bit tricky to get back to that. Um, no, but, for example, what would happen... Um, Let's think. What would be uh, something that? Uh, what? So how I work now is I go on there, I just start doing my thing, and if something came, say say a crispy lean page, right? Say that tickled me as an idea. The idea of uh, how would it work? Right. Say the idea of. Um, like tonight, for example. Now, now you've said that. So tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Tonight. <laughs> no, but for example, now the idea. So that we arrived at that after probably twenty mm. minutes of mm. you know getting to something. But the idea of there being a mishap, you know, with a cat, and it turns out it's it, Elaine Page, Page in costume. Yeah. So like tonight, I might go. Uh, so yeah, so I might go on tonight and think, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the fact that Elaine Page is really annoyed because she's constantly being experimented on by you know vivisectionists or whatever. So it's one of those things where like I might start like uh, you know I could walk on tonight and think, all right, I'm gonna right, I'm gonna talk about um, I'm gonna talk about cat mishaps, but yes. but what could quite easily happen is I could go on. And and that's my intention because yes. I think oh well that 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 crispy page is a, that's a funny idea but nine times out of ten I forget about that th- so it it's okay. just something else happens and you'll walk on and you'll see a goth in the front row or whatever the exactly. thing is and exactly you'll and it's somewhere just, else and it you know and I might you know and then I'll think to myself oh yeah that was the but I might end up you know I might end up talking about cats mm. but I talk about a different. Not necessarily the thing that I intended to talk okay. about. It could that could lead me off, you know, and then say like, you know, and then tomorrow night the thing that I come up with tonight could become, you know, that, yes. that could then send yes. me off in another. So, but, but so, you don't so, have. But going, I'm sorry, I'm just mindful of time. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is no, exactly no, what yeah. I was exactly <laughs> what I wanted to get to. We've got to wrap Go up. But um, but you you're not going on tonight with. Any subject headings or any ideas or a, any particular stories, or are you? Well, I can, uh, like, hang on, let me think. <laughs> but it just depends, because I've just had ten days off, because so, it was half term. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, you know, trying to... Trying to um, no, like, <laughs> like, oh, I've got to go on and remember all the stuff that I don't <laughs> normally need to remember, because yeah, it... Yeah, no, but, like, I sort of, you know, you sort of get into that... Uh, yes. Uh, what would be, uh... like? Would you have a? Would you have a, an end point for tonight? Does the show have a closing story that no, you no, usually I, do? I've got. I'm trying to think what I've been talking about of late. Uh, no, I mean like last night, for example. The uh, oh god, it's, I saw. Uh, what would what would I be talking about? No, what what I would do is I would have, like, say say something. 
I'm really trying to think about what the say something funny happens to me. Say there's like a like a, a, a an anecdote, and I think, all right, that's um, uh, you know, oh, that's a that's a that's a funny story. I'll tell that. My my intention isn't to go. I'm going to tell this story, and here's the thing, right? You know how you sort of you get a thing and you sort of hone it, yeah. And it and it sort of the idea, the sort of the the obvious way of going about something is to take something and sort of hone it down until it's perfect. Yes. Well, I try and do it the other way around. Okay. I try nine times out of ten, I'll improvise something and it will fall out perfect. That's again, that sounds up me or not. Oh, but I know what you but, mean. Yeah. But there's there's something about there's something about the just the the there's something about being in the moment where you'll go, oh, here's a thing, and something which you didn't necessarily even think at the time yeah. was hilarious. You think, oh, this is a funny thing. This might lead to something. And it just goes, bluff, and it just falls out as a, in a... Uh, it's almost an in-joke form. It just yes, goes, yeah, it just, it just go. falls out. You know, the, the rhythm of it's right, you sort of, all the elements of the story... It just go boom like that, and it just goes nuts. And it's one of those things where the the um, rather than taking a you know coming up with a thing and going right, how can I how can I knock the how can I get this honed into a thing? Yeah. So what often happens is I'll say something, something will fall out fully formed and go boom, and then I'll think, oh, I'll do that. Tomorrow, so I'll go on, but it's never as good. Yes, yes, so, okay. So, so what'll happen is it'll be like, so I'll then go, right, well, that's sort of. So, there's part of you that just thinks, well, there's something there, and so I'll kind of like play it, you know, so I'll do that story again, but it's it's not necessary, but I'm not going, I've got to recreate that, or I've necessarily got to. Um, either recreate it or I've got to sort of uh, fashion this into a thing, I'll just kind of go, well, there's a, that's something, and then let it go off. Do you see what I mean? And then, so what I'll do is I'll kind of, um, uh, what am I talking it's, it's really... So you, you'll start it's, with an idea, or you'll start with almost, rather than starting with an idea and ending up with a joke, you'll start with a joke and end up with an idea. Yes, does that, is that, yeah. Yeah, sort of. I think sort of. It's but, like but, you'll get the, if it, like to use a painting analogy, you'll start with a photo and then just kind of go outwards from it. Yeah. Rather than, yeah. Oh, that's a terrible analogy. It's it sort of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it kind of, but then also, you sort of like, like smash things together, you know, just sort of go like, oh, there's a, um, what, I think what I'm trying to say is, Rather than t- to me, right, I, right. This is the way I look at it. To me, as soon as a sh- as soon as the show feels like it's, if it if it uh, like I'm not a big believer in, you know, some people what they do is they'll either write a show or they'll come up with a show, and they'll get it and go, this is the show, and they'll do the best version of that mm. show, whereas. And this isn't for everyone. This is just the way that I like to work. Is I like to just sort of uh, have the uh, like. I don't. I don't want it. I don't. As, as soon as it feels like, 
If I come up with an idea and I go, that's an idea, that works, or that's a banker. If, if I feel like I'm going on the next night and going, I'm going to do that thing word for word, the next step on from that is you come up with something that night and you do that word for word and you bolt it on and then you bolt the next thing on and, and then all that happens is then you're working towards then you're working towards building a you're sort of working towards building a not a perfect show, but you're working towards building a thing which is you know, by just bolting more and more bits yeah. on. In a way you're building a show. But that's to me, I don't that's not how I like to work. That's how I've tried to do it in the past, you know, but but what's better is you know what it's like you know Minority Report you know the yeah, you know yeah. the thing in Minority Report where it's just and he's yes. got this sort of he's like, moving all the images around and like all a touch stuff screen around. sort so, of thing yeah. yeah and it's sort of as soon as you start of because then it's that thing of like those those sort of ideas they become like sort of bankers they become that thing of like you get into that thing of going oh, I'm sort of, I'm in the moment, I'm enjoying myself here, now I'm going to do that thing. <coughs> but if you kind of go, oh, there was that idea, I'll have a bit of that, and then, you know, that could, you know, so it's not, because otherwise, and that's not to, like, that's not to say that building a show isn't a good thing, because that's, you know... That's what 99% of people are doing. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things where it's sort of like, it's, it's more about having this sort of, this this sort of fluid thing where it becomes um because as soon as you start getting i think as soon as you start getting attached to ideas and you go oh finally i found the thing yeah Yeah. i'm gonna do that thing well it's one of those things where there's 10 other ideas that are far better than that thing that you're just holding on to so you know if i come up with it you know if something happens to me in the afternoon and i go oh, that's a funny thing, and I go on stage and I tell that story, I think, all right, that's good, and it works. You know, that might, you know, it might take me ten minutes to tell the story. I might go on the next night, and I might, you know, I might just sort of throw it away, but it's the stepping stone to something else, and then that becomes the, you know, and I might take, you know, so it's just this sort of, um, otherwise it just feels too... um, it's probably just 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 the way that like if stuff if stuff becomes too slick and too it become they become like sort of like sort of almost like a safety blanket mm. and it, it you, and if you've got a safety blanket then you use it is that and, yeah, and as a result yeah. you don't have the exciting experience you were going yeah have. but that's not to say that's not a bad thing but I just think it's one of those things where you know if I you know if I tell a story and and it becomes a you know, if I go on and I think, right, that's a funny story, you know, I might go on the next night and think, right, I'm going to tell that, I'm going to tell that story again, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and recreate, I'm not going to try and recreate how it was. I'm going to use that as a, you know, I'll sort of tear it apart and see where, yeah. see where it'll go. Yeah. So it never becomes, so it never becomes like a, does this make sense? Like it, it's so it's it's sort of a um it's it's sort of like a it goes that way rather than that way yeah does that okay. does that, does that yeah. make sense yeah. you know and then 
Uh, For the benefit of the listener, Ross just moved his arms outwards and then back inwards. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah. You've got to go, and I'm aware of keeping you from your sound check. Yeah, yeah, The last question, you'll know from the show, I like to wrong foot people by asking if they're happy. You seem pretty happy. What I'd like to ask you Uh, is, uh, are you talented? Oh, good Lord. Well, uh, Yes, because either that or I'm fucking lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, here's the thing: when people when people slag me off, and they go, "Oh, it's just what is that?" It's just and and you know, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like in uh, I was just about to compare myself to Mark Zuckerberg there. Um, you know, in in, in, in social network where he goes. You didn't, you know. If you'd have created Facebook, you'd yeah, have created if you, Facebook. Yeah, if you'd have created, yeah, yeah. If you'd have created, you know. And when you know, I've heard, you know, secondhand from mates, you know, people they say, oh, "I've been in a dressing room, and you know, such and such a comic was slagging you off, and just going, well, yeah, well, you know, what is that? It's just bollocks. It's this, that, and the other, and all the rest of it." And I just think, all right, then you do it. So <laughs> you know, but to answer, like you know, to, on the you know on the happiness front. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, like I'm, like I've, I've just, like I've won. Do you know what I mean? You like, have, it, man. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, um, you know, and I know this is tricky, but there, 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 there's honestly, there isn't another, and this might just sound like incredible arrogance, but there isn't another comic that I would swap with, like at all. Like, it's one of those things where I've got. I found my audience, you know. I've got. I do exactly. I do exactly the show that I would want to see. I haven't got to compromise it like at all. Like it's, you know, it's the. I play the venues that I want to play, and then whenever I want to do something that's, um, you know, whenever I want to sort of play with something else. If I, you know, if I want to try, you know, if I want to do like a film or I want to write something or I want to. You know, you know, whatever it is, I get to do that. But you know, without you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind a part in Star Wars. But you know, it's it, you know, it's one of those things where like every like anything I want to do, I sort of get to, you know, I sort of get to, you know, I don't have. Some people are. In fact, it was Penn from Penn and Teller was talking about. It's about the show, not the venue. There's some people who, you know, there's this interview with him and he was talking about the fact that some people just want to have a sitcom, some people want to be a movie star, some people just want to, you know, it's all about, it's all about, you know, they want a theatre with their name on it and it's all about that rather than what they're actually doing. And and I think if you can, you know, and this is, you know, if anyone's listening to this who's like, you know, you know, doing the open spot thing, and and you know, if you're the sort of person that, if you're the sort of person who watches a lot of people on telly, you know, watches all these sort of like you know mainstream comics who've got their own show that you know that what whatever it is that you sort of aspire to that thing, then you know, arguably if you work hard enough, you'll get that, but that's not. You know, that's not necessarily... The things that you think are important aren't important at all, you know. The the, the thing that's important is being able to... 
um, it's basically to do stuff that's fun, you know. And loads of money's handy as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, but that's the. But you know, like from my point of view, like I've got, I've got exactly the. You know, I've got exactly the career. I've got everything that I could want. You know, and if I want to spend time with my family, I've got enough control of my career that I can go. Right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take a couple of months off and just do that. Or you know, if I want to go off and, and you, travel, or you, you know, don't even have to. Sp- Spend time writing jokes. <laughs> well, you <laughs> you know, never but... have to look at a blank <laughs> white page. But the thing is, though, is that that's you, you know you don't. Uh, but nobody does. That's the that's the thing. Like it's one of those things where it's only you know the way that I work is only. It, what's the best way to put? The way that I work is only. It's more obvious. Like it, you know, because I sort of show my working out. It's more obvious that that's the, you, you know, the way that I'm working. That's the it's the, it's it's just more obvious. But for, um, I mean, fair enough. If you're a one-liner comic, you do have to sit down and write one-liners. But I would argue, you don't need to be, um, you don't need to be sort of stream of consciousness in order to to play on stage, do you know what I mean? You can still do that within, even if it's, you know, like if you're talking about, um, you know, if you're talking about real things that have happened in your life, personal things, if if you're being, if, like I think it was Bill Hicks that just said, jokes are just things you do while you're busy being funny. Mm. And, and I think that can be applied to, doesn't matter what sort of comic you are, you can still... You can still, um, you know, you can still um, employ that that um, that vibe. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If you just go on and be fun, yeah, so, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, no, man, yeah. I totally get I just, it. I totally yeah, get it. In fact, yeah. the only the only downside of that I can think of is that you won't necessarily create a joke or a thing that will outlast you. Does that occur to you that, like, you could, you know, we can name a Bill Hicks joke, you can name a George Carlin joke, or a, you know, that after these guys have died, they've left behind a, you know, a joke that can be referred to and admired and repeated. Yeah, that's, Whereas, what, that's what DVDs are for. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, but, but I mean, it's like, in terms of your bits, yeah. like, people regard you, people refer to you, I think, as Ross is this thing, not Ross has created this thing that... Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I can't really name one of your bits because you don't work in bits. Well, no, that you're right, but, uh, yeah, let's um, let's walk down the street and we'll see how long it takes for, for somebody to shout meat flaps at me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you know I, uh, yeah, I regularly, um, yeah, you know, I did this thing about muffins and... Um, you know, several times I've been in cafes where I've ordered a muffin and it's arrived and somebody's put a face on it <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of it, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, it, it, you'd be surprised. You, it's, it's the weird things that... I know what you mean. Like, in terms of... Yeah, 100%. Like, there's not a... Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, someone like Bill Hicks, yeah, you call it... That was in a book of quotations... Sure. But you know there is, uh, 
um, what is it on the? If you've seen that comedy carpet in Blackpool, yeah. you know the, the so you know, so like there's all these like you know, and mine just says next muffin, you know, so it's just yeah. There's, there's to be honest, you put anything on a DVD, and I mean from the last DVD, the um, uh, sweet sweet piggy titties, you know, it's one of those things where that's now become a, you know, so actually weirdly. I think what happens, especially with comedy fans, is they just pick up on stuff that yeah. you don't necessarily think of. You don't of get to the... control your legacy, do you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and in a way, it's sort of... Uh, it's the... Um, yeah, people just people just pick stuff out, and that becomes... So, you know, chances are it'll be one of those things where, you know, for all I'm banging on about, you know, just, you know, not being, you know, oh, I'm not this and all the rest of it, it'll probably be... You know, on chortle, it'll say, you know, Piggy Titty's jokester dies. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be like that. A so, nation um, born. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, but um, I should probably go and eat some chicken. Thanks, Ross. No, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> So thank you very much to Ross for coming along. I really, really enjoyed that. I, we could have talked for hours and hours and hours. I know many of you were made jokes to that effect <laughs> when the first episode came out uh, about just exactly how long you expected Ross to speak for. But um, we, uh, we're, we're, there's so much we didn't even get started on there. So we're both, Ross and I, are both looking forward to uh, part two or three. Uh, it, would it be two? This is two parts. Part two... Part 1B, this system doesn't work. But we're looking forward to talking more. This episode was co-produced by Nathan Wood. Uh, Olivia Phillips, was, uh, Olivia Phipps, sorry, Livy, uh, was in charge of the Podmin. Uh, have a look at Patreon. That's a great way to support not just this show, but plenty of other exciting endeavours from all over the world. Lots of great stuff on patreon.com. And you can check my one out at forward slash comcompod. Uh, and a little shout out now. Are you listening to this in India? I've got half an eye on a new... I love the idea that some of you might have just looked out the window and thought... I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I've got half an eye on a new project, which might have something to do with the recent explosion of stand-up comedy in India. So if you're a stand-up fan or an act based in India, drop me a line, info at comedianscomedian.com. Uh, I've got a couple of questions for you. Hmm, exciting. That's all for now. Speak to you next week with Louisa Omulan. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.